Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 18th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm doing good. We're, good. we're here through two rounds. Yeah, it's fantastic. Let's do the... Uh, we got Bryson, you know, and, Bryson and Patrick Reed. Final we got group the, tomorrow. The thick boy and the cheat day. Cheater, Patrick Reed. The shovel boy, shovel boy and thick boy. And the uh, final pairing at the national championship. It's just a great way for 2020 to kind of continue on rolling. Two villains. Eh, I don't know if Bryson's a villain necessarily. He's, he's borderline villain. He's that's, a, that's questionable. Villain, villain yeah. adjacent. I says it depends on the he's eye of the beholder. A, I'd say he's not a fan favorite. No, he's not an endear, right. He's not an endearing player. We've got two of the least endearing players at the top of the leaderboard. He's also just like a soda fountain machine of bullshit. Just a steady stream of bullshit coming out of his mouth. He's talking about the gods or something today. So uh -huh. like whether you consider him to be good or bad for that reason is up to you. I kind of uh, have so, yeah. a love-hate with Bryson. There, are, you there do? are things that I just, I I thoroughly enjoy about him. But yeah. overall, you know, I just think he's ridiculous. I mean, he's out to lunch, you know, nobody posts a quarantine video. We don't need to relitigate it all, but he's just, he's, you know, out to lunch. All right. I'm going to do like the morning TV sports show thing, the producer or talk show type thing. What was today's grade for the U S open holistic overall, just as an experience course players, what do you give it? I think it was like a, it was a B. I mean, it was Friday. So there's only oh. so much culmination that you can have in terms of yeah, like the drama yeah. right relative in a friday understanding that it was a friday i'm not suggesting it needed to be sunday at, at the u.s open but i thought I, it was an a i thought it was I thought, great i thought it was yeah like an a minus if you take out if you just quantify it. i thought you were saying in oh in the history of the, the u.s open yeah, yeah, yeah. no like no, it was no. fine it was a day thought, it was it was really good like i thought yeah everything uh worked out well the uh the obviously the the weather helped and and that really, as we expected, what? kind of toughened up the golf course. Um, and it really, I mean, it, it, we saw one and two perfect example yesterday. Two of the easier holes on the golf course, and they just move the pins and the wind flips and it's into the wind, and those two holes become two of the four hardest holes on the golf course. Yeah, number two was ranked number one. Number one was four. It went two, five, 18, and one so far as I can tell right now. Um, what weather specifically would you say? You're just talking about breeze? I think the, or I a think the wind, of... the wind okay. I, in the morning, it, it was still fairly receptive. Like it wasn't, yeah. the firmness was not markably different than yesterday. Mm -hmm. But as the day goes on, greens don't get faster, they get slower. So the green speed did not increase. This is a cliche. That everybody always says, oh, greens get faster. They don't. No, they get slower. No. 
but the course setup the notes tell you as much. You just need to read the notes. Like they are rolling at like 13 now and we expect them to settle at like 12 and a half by the end of the day or things like that. They don't get faster. No. The, uh, the greens get firmer though. And that's right. what happened because the wind dries them out. So I think now that you've got the full field out of the way is where you can actually judge the setup and how much the USGA wants to push. We're going to see tomorrow what appetite they have of pushing, really pushing players because they can make this extraordinarily difficult tomorrow. Let's see. Do they have the full field? We are recording this early before. Yeah. 48. Yeah. Last group is in the ninth fairway from what I can tell. The group off the back is in the 18th fairway. So they're going to finish. It's 7-12 here. It's a little light out, you know. maybe ba- so Bassie's going to get it in? I got Bassie's, ba- Bassie's on 17. Uh, not that I can tell. It's a 17th fairway. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe I have the wrong thing here. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong tracker. I've got the... Oh, you're right. You're right. 17 green, group 45. So, all right. Um, what would, how was the course? How did what it play would you, what grade would, what, what do you think? I, I thought it was an A. I thought it was a great day. I thought it played hard. You know, those people were satiated. Um, I didn't think it was goofy. You didn't hear any complaints about that. I, w- I don't think I'd be the judge. To, I'm not the one to judge whether it's goofy or not, but I'm just saying you didn't hear any players say anything like that. Um, I don't think they ever would necessarily hear, you know, it, it takes a lot, I guess. Um, I really enjoyed some of those pins. Number one was really just fun. Just great to watch, especially because like I seem to be kept short side themselves over there too, really going at it. Um, How- it was just, I thought it was an enjoyable day all around great for a Friday at the U S open. How neat is it that a green like can play? It was the 14th easiest, the fifth easiest, fifth easiest uh hole yesterday Mm -hmm. because the pin's in a bowl and then you move the pin and it's the fourth hardest hole like that is pretty neat yep yep. just with like a a flick of a switch you can just turn a hole obviously the wind was different but for the most part it was it was mostly that pin was just brutal we saw jt make double there from right off the green um and Saw Matt some Wolf. really cool, but we also saw some cool stuff like the, that. Um, was it Hideki who chipped in? Harris English had one that was kind of mm-hmm. awesome, up, up and down and around. Yeah, Hideki uh, yeah. went up and down, up and back into it. So, yep, it was good. Good, uh, great day. I thought it was fantastic. Really, from the get go, we had Bryson, the thick boy, entertaining us in the morning. It's just uh, it's a good way to go into the weekend, is what I would say. You know what I hate? What? I hate that Patrick Reed sucks as a person. Yeah. Because he's really enjoyable to watch play golf. Like the actual, if you, if you take away the cheating and his personality, just from a strictly golf sense, he's so different than every other top 10 player in the world. He's, I mean, he has this draw. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hit it good off the tee. Like he just, man, he, like he knows his game. And it's not really pretty to watch, but he gets it done. And it's there's an endearing endearing quality about his golf game if you can separate his personality from it, which sucks. I mean, he's awful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole package all the time, unrelenting. It's very hard to... 
view him as in any kind of human way is what I would suggest. There, it's very rare that there's a crack there that that makes him seem somewhat human and normal and nice in any way. He's kind of got that uh, Spieth golf game where you're like, God, how did he shoot that? Yeah, yeah. What was he? Thirty six percent of his fairways. He missed a ton of greens, and of course. I mean, this gets at sort of the Jeff Ogilvy point, right? That you did with yeah. your podcast around it. He was and Patrick Reed's long been one of the best players in the world around the greens, right? Whether it's sand, whether it's a wedge. I, I thought it was fascinating to hear him today. He talked about number one, right? We were just talking about that pin. He goes, I thought it was a nine. You know, Kessler thought it was a nine, but I, but we went with a chip eight, this little chip eight that I've been real. Like he goes, a chip, chip eight. That it was I've from been like really 140. Yeah, kind of crazy. This alludes to your game. The game's so different than everybody else in the top 10, right? A lot of guys aren't hitting like what he called a chip, chip eight into that side kind of. Do you notice where that pin was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, I, I saw that. That's just like green light Wheelhouse. special for re- cause it, it was. I don't know if it was Asik or Jacobson was like, you know, nobody's aiming at this flag. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, left side bull. This is just, this has got, and, and sure enough, he hits it right to a kick in. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. What He was trying to do the fade a few times. He, yeah, he did um, helicopter. He did three. his little helicopter. I mean, he's he did a little great. fade on three, helicoptered the shit out of it on six. Like, just Eight, ridiculous. Two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's playing well. He's playing well, even despite those fairway metrics and all that other stuff, so. We all, I think we also have to give the uh, the thick boy some real credit. I guess, yeah, for sure, for sure. He, I mean, the eagle at eight, uh, nine coming in, very a nice little boost to walk I'm, in. I'm saying more of the fact that this guy sucked at major championships, absolutely stunk, and he just goes and completely changes his golf game. Mm-hmm. And here he is, yeah. just in the mix. Well, yeah, that that was the big question, right? He's, you know, there's a FedEx Cup sort of uh, menace. Uh, he's won on the PGA Tour, but hadn't even done anything at major championships. Now we got back-to-back, right? Month, About a month apart, and he's doing some real damage. I don't know. So... I thought it was really fun to watch him aesthetically, like, like, like with Patrick, I don't know if it's aesthetically pleasing, but it was just a great watch to see him. You know, the putting gets really tedious, really tedious. I think it was 12. I want to say maybe it was 11, might've been 11, 13. He he just, he took like at least two. I had him timed at least two (laughs) forty eight, and I was slow on the trigger. What was the one where he pu- took the putter blade bat- off the ball and then went right, oh, never reset? Pull- wasn't it 12? That was so okay. strange. Bizarre. But he, I think he did that. He's like, I got to putt. I just got to putt because I've already taken five minutes or something in between uh, reading it and backing off and calling in his caddy again. So that gets tedious, but it was really fun to watch him hit wedges, hit different shapes. He played well. He played his ass off. You know, yeah. he played really well in a place that, you know, I think the the knock on Bryson is like he becomes this sort of mental mental head case, right? When things aren't exactly calculable or or going easily, or it's not all the variables are aligned, and and that wasn't the case. This is like a real cauldron, and he seemed to play well through it. The other aspect of it, he's hitting fifty percent of his fairways. Yeah, and he's hitting it forever. And you say fifty percent, not a lot. 
He's 18th in fairway accuracy and driving accuracy. And he hits right. it further than everybody. That's inc- right. extraordinary. You right. know, he's picking up so many shots off the tee. It's not about the ones that find the, the rough. Like, it's about the ones when he hits it way down there in the fairway. He just gains such an advantage. It's just unbelievable. Um, Could this be, now I, I can't go all positive on Bryson. Could this be his second USGA championship where he's not, he gets by without being dinged for being out of position? I heard they were bad. Brand, uh, Brendan Quinn uh, yeah. tweeted about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we get all those, the, the, uh, you know, the armchair notes from people who played in that U.S. amateur at Olympia Field saying he never should have gotten into match play because he was always two, three holes behind, out of time part, all this stuff during stroke play. It sounds like he was pretty su- significantly behind today. DJ is a pretty fast player. Finau, I don't know. My, I don't think he's reputedly slow. I don't believe. Uh, it just sounds like they were very, very slow. But other than that, Bryson, TV can hide that pretty well. We don't have to put up with it too much. Bryson was an enjoyable watch. And now he says, you know, somebody's asking him if he can overpower the U.S. Open. And he goes, that's a question for the gods. That's a question for God. I don't know if you can. Tiger has been able to do something like that many times before. So I think there is something. But human human scientific research does not say anything about that, which is an interesting it's just a circus act when he gets in front of a microphone. It's all nonsense. It's complete nonsense, which is what, I mean, that's, that's the thing. If you could separate these last two, this pairing out from all the other bullshit, it's, it's fun to watch. And maybe it's for you. It's fun to watch them implode. I don't know. What I found interesting today also was the three rounds under par. So it's stiffened up. Bryson, Hideki, and Bubba. Not necessarily. Hideki's the only one in the afternoon. Yeah. That that wave, everybody was talking about, oh, those morning afternoon guys got it easy. They got it tougher. I think I saw stats of nearly like one and a half shots. That much? That sounds a little bit. I thought, I don't know. Between waves, I guess so. It might have been Justin Ray. I can't remember. Could be. It could be. Uh, But those aren't necessarily... Names that jump off the page. Hideki maybe a little bit. When you talk about U.S. Open at Wingfoot, I don't think Bubba. I didn't think Bryson start of the week. And Hideki, I mean, you never know with the putting uh, on greens like this. But it just it was. I thought that was an interesting quirk. Usually, you'd expect somebody like a, I don't know, DJ or Brendan Todd or players like that 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 caliber. But um, who is your biggest? Are you looking up scoring differential? No. Nah, nah. Okay. What was your biggest surprise? Because I would put that up there, Bubba playing well. You know what was my biggest surprise was uh-huh. Rory McIlroy looking like a ten handicap for half the day. Yeah. Did you see some of those shots he was hitting? Some of them. I was. I had to. Like had horrendous to, shots. I just step away for a little bit for a practice, uh, youth practice to coach. Yeah. But how bad was it? I mean, like it's one of the the uh, he hit. Several shots where it wasn't like he was making bogeys where like, oh, man, he just missed mm-hmm. saving part there. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like that was a horrendous shot. Yeah. Like appallingly but, bad. Why is it surprising? He's not been good. 
since June, since I just, they came back. He's just not been good. Yesterday felt more of like a more he was of the locked exception. in yesterday. That's that's the thing is he was so locked in yesterday that today he was just like you were just like who who is this golfer? This is not yeah. a top ten golfer in, a, in the world. But you know that being said, he like hung in there and he's not completely out of it. Yeah, you were texting. You thought he might MC. He's T twenty two right now. He's at a seventy six. He's right there so with he's... Westy. <laughs> What'd you make of Westy? Are you enthused? You don't want him too close to the top on the weekend yet. That's... You know, <laughs> he's a little far back. I think I. He's seven shots back. That's too far. Is it? Or you want to do the how far? It's too far thing. I think like for Patrick the US Green, Open, seven shots is too far. I think plus one, six shots. So if you made the cut, it, it's not everybody who made the cut has a no. chance. No way. Like nobody's going out and shooting 62 tomorrow. Ricky Fowler at six under, six over. I'm sorry. <laughs> How could, that that would be like the ultimate if Ricky just went out and shot like a sixty three and one. Um, what do you think the number is? I think everybody's alive. I think everybody's alive. I just think so. the The one thing is the guys who are playing late might have a little bit of an advantage because it's not going to be like forty degrees, right? Or what do you the think? The greens, greens get a little bumpier. Too and firm. Might, and it might be a windier. Okay. I saw the wind is supposed to be about what it was today, the next two days. So that might cancel it out. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't have a ton Plus of faith. Plus you don't have pressure in the morning. I don't have a ton of faith in this group in the top 10, save for Xander. JT? Maybe Brent, Brendan Todd. I don't, I guess JT. He drove it horrendously. Today. Like two-way miss. It was bad. He characterized it as like, that's the kind of round how you win a U.S. Open. I kind of believe that he was not good. Off the, yeah. Like, he was never... When he was in good shape, he made birdies. And 73 is not horrendous. I know, know, and he played... The... That back nine was bad. It Whenever he... Because, like, he didn't hit any fairways until... What was it? Uh, two, maybe? But on 18, he was in the short rough. He makes birdie on 18. And then two, he almost makes birdie. Three, he makes birdie. You know, he he played a really good back nine. Seven birdie from the collar. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a, not a easiest lie. But yeah. uh, What I, was I your biggest I, surprise? So I, Bubba, I said Bubba at a U.S. Open, even being on the right side of the cut line, let alone and that may just be some fluky kind of putts shots bounces in the morning but just Bubba being anywhere near the top 10 is shocking for me especially when he just likes to you know he, he likes to hit 30 yard cuts and 50 yard cuts it doesn't really work into these little sliver of fairways I, I thought that was shocking one thing could be the he could be inspired by the greens the creativity of the greens and he plays really well at Riviera which has extremely sloping greens and Augusta National, which has extremely sloping greens. And mm-hmm. like that could be one aspect that might have gotten overlooked was that the the greens and the creativity at the green could be what gets him going. So you really I, I just I, you really think the 
you could only go like halfway down the leaderboard basically yeah. with 36 holes to go. Well, I historically the US Open isn't really a chaser's tournament. Light, least movement, hardest to Yeah, you know. like it's not like you could if you shoot the way I would look at it is say you shoot 66 tomorrow, like extraordinary round and you're plus 3, you're just at one under and then you got to go out and shoot another 66. Yeah. Like let's just say or uh, you had to shoot a 68. Like say the with the with them at four under, I think even if it keeps getting harder, it, tomorrow, tomorrow's really gonna show where the USGA is on pushing. Mm-hmm. Let's do. Uh, let's talk about this whole USGA wingfoot thing, push and pull. But let's do an ad read first, and then we'll get into that a little uh, bit on a course setup. So Friday, it's Friday. I'm sipping happy giving, hour, giving away Sip- some wine. Sipping a Cabernet from Smith Devereaux. The URL is sdxwines.com slash, is it SGS? SGS. Is that right? SGS. There you'll find the Friday Junior 3-pack. They are wine guys. Or you could just go to smithdevereaux.com. The URL works too. too. Big golf nuts. Listeners first. Came in. Sponsored the podcast uh, for every Friday to give away a bottle of wine. Uh, It's good stuff. It's good stuff. My wife... It can be a bit of a wine snob, and we are full go. Every every Friday is Smith Devereaux Friday, not just because of the ad read or the birthday <laughs> shout out, but it's become, yeah, it's become sort of a little tradition once you get to a certain time on Friday. Crack the Smith Devereaux. Uh, let's give away a bottle of wine. And even better, they're, they're generous, magnanimous, giving out bottles of wine to the shotgunners out there just for and birthday wishes. So our birthday winner today is Evan Epstein. Here's his email. Gents, is it, I'm is a, he related to Theo Epstein? Could be. Got, is he still the Cubs GM? Oh, or yeah. Did, did he get off the ship? Yeah, he's, he's still, still there. there. Okay. He's, he's hanging on. Maybe it's Theo's brother. Uh, so I am a longtime listener to the pod, even while I have been deployed and golfless for the entire summer. Oh. My 40th is on September 15th, so this week. Military man. And while I can't get worse for the wear, I'm sure my loving wife, who is stuck at home teaching our three kiddos, would appreciate it. Absolutely. Deservedly so. My boys love the pod. They begin imitating the intro when we get to FaceTime. Oh, man. I don't know. That's good. Uh, they, thanks for keeping me entertained. All right. Uh, here, over here in the world's largest sand trap. No sign of Patrick Reed. <laughs> Doesn't say where he's deployed specifically, but presumably where there's a lot of sand and they could use a, a shovel boy out there and Patrick Reed giving him nice lies there. Uh, so Evan Epstein, happy birthday, happy 40th and uh, best of luck to your wife taking care of three kids and teaching them and all we will get you a bottle of wine. All right. SDXwines.com slash SGS. Check them out, support them because they are supporting the podcast. All right, USGA stuff. Uh, why will tomorrow be such a test? Just because you feel like well, they don't need to worry about pace play stuff anymore. They got to feel the 60, 70, 70 players. Why is it such a such an examination of them? So I think that where you could see a just, they could notch those greens one more di- up the dial. And okay. I think with not having to worry about getting 144 guys around a golf course allows them to do that. And that'll be the interesting thing. Obviously, 
they've got a checkered past with players. And yeah. so far they since since the you know, the latest worst meltdown at Shinnecock, mm-hmm. they've had six consecutive rounds with no complaints. And they have to be feeling pretty good. And and I think Wingfoot's one of those places where people are almost afraid to complain. Right. I think there's like a little bit of a safety net there, just being here, right? It's they they know. I mean, I guess you could you could still mess it up and put some crazy pin out there, but I, it's, it just feels like there's a safety net. Whereas the scores, like, are have always been like this and are are like this, and the players aren't allowed to bitch about it. I, I don't know. The the other thing about this is like, really, like the job of a good setup is to to show that nobody is out there faking it. And do you feel like anybody out here, like that you watched, was not hitting good golf shots to get to where they're at? No. What was interesting was how Reed kept getting amazing lies in the rough. Well, not, no, that's not yeah. an accusation because they were saying that before he had walked up to his ball often, you know, that was bones up ahead spotting. And that's something that to watch because kind of... that's luck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I would say, so if you look at the stats um, of the players right at the top, all of them are positive in every strokes game category until, uh, except for Reed off the tee and Jason Kokrak around <laughs> the greens. And then you get Hideki's negative on on the putting green. But in the top 10, the only guys that are negative in a category are Brendan Todd. And there's there's 11 guys in the top 10. Brendan Todd's negative around the green. Uh, Kokrak's negative around the green. Hideki's negative on the green. And then Reed is negative off the tee. So those are the only guys that are worse than field average. In one of the major categories. So it's clearly showing the best player. Like it's, it's not, you have to do everything well. Mm-hmm. And if you're mm-hmm. not doing something really well, you have to be even better at everything else. I just, I don't, I don't need, I, I don't need everybody shooting 78 to be happy. I, I don't know. I, I, I get it. I, I don't want, what we got Thursday necessarily, but I think there's a certain cadence to an actual freaking championship, right? Where like you talked about it a lot yesterday or like, it's not all about just everybody getting their ass kicked. Like you also have to hold the championship and get everyone around and get everyone. And, and that's a separate pace of play. They need to be enforcing pace of play, but there's only so much you could do within reality there. I, I don't know. I, I just think USGA, I mean, the, they don't get the benefit of the doubt and I'm not sure they deserve it necessarily given the last decade or so. And it's odd. If you, if you call for it's too hard, um, you know, the player it, you or you call for it to be harder. The players then, you know, they got to walk the high wire with the players, you know, I, I wish they would enforce pace of play a little bit more stringent. Yes. That, that is an issue. No matter what you go to these like amateur events. And that's the other thing with no fans. Like those guys can really do like a little intimidation, just kind of mosey on up in their cart. Like no fans, you can really like psych these guys out in a way that maybe they don't always, you know, it's not as conspicuous, Uh, but you go to some of these women's amateur or the younger junior, like they're on these kids. They are telling them and warning them and popping them. And it becomes a thing you have to deal with through the course of the round. But 
you know, it's less. So I know I told a... this story last year. I don't know if it was the U.S. Open week about when I played at the Mid Am. The I got a cart path ruling. I had I was just taking a cart path drop because I know the ruling. Yeah. And we're right up out of this group, right? And yeah. a USGA official comes by, and like ten minutes later, I drop. He's walkie talking. He's he's telling me to worry about different things and. You know, all these things, and I take the drop eventually. But then we get up to the next tee. It's a checkpoint, and we're on the clock. And it was all yeah. because it took, like, 10 minutes to take a drop from the cart path. And, and you it, already knew. And I was halfway through the drop before yeah. the guy got there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> so it, in, in amateur events, they are so strict. And we were the last group. We were the yeah. last group of the day. There was nobody behind us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're There's waiting. a back nine. There's no one behind us. So I would like to see that a little bit more. It's not going to happen now. We're, we're into the weekend. Uh, do you want to talk? Let's talk about this whole. Okay, so my last thing on the setup. Yeah. Tomorrow, if it's clo- if it's if it's back towards Thursday setup, I would be very disappointed. If uh-huh. it's today's or pushed a little bit more, that's that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Because I think that was the, today was a great day of golf. Like if you played really well, you could move up. Let's talk about the whole club versus the USGA tension stuff. There was like a lot of uh I mean I woke up to several texts, rumors, thoughts, you know, speculation, stuff just you know that the club's pissed. Wingfoot is obviously a very proud club with a lot of powerful members that also have a lot of pride and ego as well. And they want to see their course kick the best kick ass and hold up to its tradition of kicking ass. Um, USJ obviously has a lot of pride, a lot of powerful people, a lot of egos in that room too. And there's all sorts of, I think I would say it was speculation at best. Um, of course, sort of humorous rumoring at, you know, maybe not at worst, but also a little bit of that. You know, people talking about superintendents and grounds crew, people just going off on their own and doing their own stuff and going rogue and mad. There, there was tweets about them being mad at the USGA for setting it up so benign. Uh, what do you make of this? I, it's, it's. I mean, people, it's, people are as you can tell. You go on the internet and you could say the sky is blue, and people would argue with you and disagree. So, like, it naturally, if if you're gonna have a club, uh, a tournament at the club, there are gonna be people that feel drastically different about different things. And I'm sure I heard that there were some Wingfoot members that were pissed, you know. And yeah. I'm sure that it's a long week for superintendents. Like, I'm sure there are right. disagreements over different things. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the yes. day, the superintendent has a lot of say in the way the golf course is set up regardless you know right 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 it's not like I, they ignore it and it, but like the idea of the superintendent taking the rain and like steve rabbit who taking the reins that's ridiculous and john bodenhamer sent you uh what on the record comment this on the right yeah, yeah I, we I, have I, the reins all well, this stuff i also i texted with some people uh, some uh, some people i know that used to work at wingfoot um that and then some that have hosted USGA championships. Mm-hmm. And they said that they would never, ever, ever relinquish control of pin <laughs> positions. Right. Right. 
And I mean, it, it, there are a lot of things that could have been done. Like maybe, um, Rabidou, like changed the way he watered where you put a wetting agent down that, you know, saps moisture out of the ground and then you water and then it keeps it firmer. But for the most part, there was no, this was not like, uh, what's the, what's the movie with the guy that goes, I am the captain now. Yeah. Takes takes the, the the boat in it. Yeah. Yeah, The Jason Scrivener (laughs) special or something. I don't know what it, um, but this was not like a, uh, a mutiny. Can I just make a very obvious point though, too? Like this, happens probably at every usga championship usga knows how to set up a course knows how a course plays generally speaking but like usga has to knows better how to conduct a championship and the grounds crew knows how better how their course plays and those two parties come together and they figure it out and of course usga at the end of the day you know has the final say they set up they're not going to let anybody else like usurp them or throw them out, kick them out to the curb. But like, it's a co- collaborative effort with people who have knowledge bases that the other necessarily might not have as much of. And that's just how it works. And that's probably how it's been going this week. I would imagine. Right. Is that a crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, framing. I don't know. Uh, anyways, it was just, I just, I, I don't think a, an organization that, has uh has been planning and preparing for this championship for probably two plus years. Mm-hmm. Is going to do all this work. Like when I was out shooting the golf course in October of last year, the entire USGA team was out there. Right. Like right. a random like Tuesday in October, they there was ten USGA people. You can see them in the footage on a couple shots. Out there measuring like people don't do they don't put two years of time plans in and because (laughs) a couple people yell about it was being too easy and all the players are like, oh, that was great. You know, like they're they're going to be like, you know what, locker room. <laughs> you know what, we're going to change our plan. We put all this work in, but you know what, we're we're done. <laughs> like it's utterly ridiculous to think that that is what happened. Uh but they're also they they need to uh, keep in mind a club that's going to be a, an anchor club so to speak or whatever a club that has power and they're probably sensitive to that they want to they're not going to try to just really totally burn that bridge or damage that relationship that's but why they, I think we're going to see a the, hard weekend right and keep the integrity of the championship intact you I mean, know what do we have five people under par. Yes. No, more than that. Maybe six, six. seven. So six people under par. So yeah, we got a long way to go. How it many did we have a... yesterday? Twenty? Twenty one, maybe. Twenty one. So twenty one yeah. to six. So if yep. we see a similar we might have two under par going into tomorrow. Into into Sunday. And then if we have if we have none or one under par, it's pretty big success, right? What was Give, the title of your news, newsletter? Everybody chill. Yeah, like we're 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 right in line. We're fine. And just we're great. just so you know, greens dry out when it's windy and it's all day. Yep. So yep. that's something that happens. So when a player says it was really firm in the afternoon, it's like, well, yeah, it, it was windy and, and cool. There's no humidity in the forecast tomorrow should be firmer and faster than we've seen the last two days. That'll be dicey. That'll be if fun. It, if, it, if, it, if it isn't, 
then you know that they slowed the course down. And that's where you could have beef. Who is your biggest disappointment? We've now made a cut. There are 36, uh, 36 holes. Who's who doesn't actually could be a guy who's on the right side of the cut line that disappointed you. Um, but although I, I don't know that you could characterize someone as being I, a disappointment if they made a cut at Wayne foot, because it wasn't easy out there. I guess Tommy Fleetwood. That's who you're going with. I don't know. Who am I disappointed by I, of like of somebody that I really legitimately thought could win. What about the Chez? US Open? I mean, I didn't think Chess was going to play well. <laughs> They, he was too. He wasn't a dark horse this year because Cisco paid for him to be featured as a dark horse. Big Bill Reevy. I mean, who's uh, your disappointment? Chess. No. Hey, I got a little bit of a hot take. I'm watching ready for Tiger. It. Watching Tiger is really boring at uh-huh. majors. Like it's just a. It's it's I. It wasn't boring, obviously, when he won the Masters. It wasn't boring at Carnoustie when he challenged uh, Molinari. Um, but, like, man, and that's maybe it's just because they show every single shot, even when he's, you know, uh, on the wrong side of the cut line. It, it I, I will, I'm not going to, you know, when he's gone, I'll be wishing he was there. So I'm not going to say I don't, I wish he, what they wouldn't show him. Uh, but, like, it, it, it's kind of boring. It's really, sort of sucks the energy out of whatever's going on it, for me. Yeah. it Having to see all the shots is the thing that sucks because all it's doing is it's in a way it's adding all these. I, I like kind of firmly believe in this idea that your brain can only remember so much stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah. I have like a tiger woods file that's already very full. Yes. And what yes. you're doing is you're just watering down the good stuff. When he's not playing well, I I want to see everything when he's playing well. But when he's clearly not going to make the cut, I don't need to see every shot. Yeah, that's not that's never going to change. I'm not suggesting I'm not hollering that they stop showing Tiger. I, I just it it it's quite been a bit of a drag lately. Um He's, I don't know that I would say he's disappointed in his 10 over. I've seen perfectly reasonable. Jordan Spieth shoots 81. He's T uh, whatever, 125th, something like that. He's going home. I wouldn't say that was a disappointment. Same for Phil. 13 I'm, ti- over. I'm tired of the, uh, he's trying really hard. Spieth. Everybody is. It's true. Maybe it's not Scott Piercy. He Everybody, care. he's trying harder than everyone else. How can you possibly quantify that? You can't. That's why they say it. I, I respect I respect how hard he's trying. You can't quantify it, so they can just say it. You can just throw it out there. And they don't um, have anything else to say. I was disappointed in one of our boys from Brown today, not Westy. Louis Hustazen completely why? took a dump in the cup today. He finished bogey, cup. bogey, too- double. He's T twelve. He's fine. He was three under. He would have been. He would have been in maybe the last group. It evens out, you know. Yeah, it's probably better for Louis to be just out out of the right. Way, you know, right. He'd be a little bit more comfortable. Right. There. I wouldn't say there's anyone on the other side of the cut line. Fleetwood's a good one that really shocks me. Your buddy Mar- Marty Morikawa. Was not good. Hit a lot of really poor, like iron shots, which isn't his thing, which is a little surprising given the summer he's had. 
but no one. I mean, point, I mean, isn't that kind of a testament to the setup that yeah. everybody you felt should be there on the weekends there? Yeah, there's no shockers on the wrong side of the cut line. Maybe Morikawa would be the one for me. Uh, DJ plays slowly, played himself way up the leaderboard. He's in the Rory zone there, like T22. Um, I think it's a great group. We got the right group on the going to the weekend. Any right. other thoughts? No. Good. What What about Co-Crack? Were you proud of Co-Crack? Sure. You know, he's a Cleveland guy. He's one of the few. I think he lives Northeast Ohio, like opposite end of the spectrum of the Jupe life, Jupe scoop. He lives so, there? I think so. I think he lives there year round. I mean, you're on the road for golf, but he's he's from Ohio. He went to Xavier. Do you, you think know, just that... Do you think he's boys with LeBron? No, I don't. I don't think LeBron knows who he is. He went to Xavier. It's just a powerhouse golf program. Little Jesuit school you know who in Cincinnati. Else went to Xavier? For golf? Yeah. No. The best golden tee player in the world, Andy Pope. Really? How about <laughs> that? Um, so, okay. Well, while we're on the subject of Co-Crack, who in the top 10 do you most expect to bite it? Not to not that you're wishing people to play poorly or to blow up, but if you were handicapping it, who do you expect the most to bite it and see ya? I'm going to go with Brendan Todd. What? Did he throw that club today? I, I cut out. It looked like he was launching it. What is this? This guy's unflappable, full of equanimity. Just never does it. Even he wins. He's just stone-faced, deadpan. He's out there chucking clubs down the fairway, or at least mimicking it. Why do you expect him to get blown out? I just think, I don't think... He's the one that on that board that just I look at and I say, you don't necessarily, you don't really belong here. What? What about Co-Crack? Him and Co-Crack were my two options. All in. My time. Co-Crack is, I mean, Todd's second in fairway accuracy. Do you feel, here's a question I have as somebody that thinks about this a lot. Do you feel... Like the narrow fairways and long rough have really like. Do you feel like you have to hit it straight to contend? No, no. Or else Patrick Reed wouldn't be first, right? Yeah, I mean that's kind of the way I feel too. I I looked up all the, the top ten. I mean, like if you don't do that, you got to be exceptional at a few other things. Like you can't like also be mediocre elsewhere. But that's kind of. I mean, isn't Patrick Reed proof of that? So no? half half the half the top ten, which is actually eleven guys, are in the top mm-hmm. twenty in accuracy. Okay, so but maybe you do. I I don't think so because then the other half are all like fiftieth or worst, and most of them are like eighty ninth, t eighty ninth, thirty six percent. Obviously, nobody's hitting fairways. That's I think that's the reason nobody's hitting fairways. Yeah. Um, but it, it's un- inconclusive, but is it, I don't get the feeling of like, you have to, you're going to hit some and you're going to miss some and nobody's going to hit a lot of them. While we're on the subject of Brendan Todd, and then we're getting out of here. I'm duty bound. This has nothing to do with the U S open duty bound to report that it would appear. You got a tip. Wyndham is out. It's just tour top 10 now. 
Oh, I heard I that think. a couple weeks ago. Actually, Wyndham Rewards is the no tour, more. Yeah, the tour is going to float it. They're going to look branded, unbranded tour top ten, something or other. I just talking about Brendan Todd. It's like Wyndham Rewards zone for him. But. They're they're out, and the uh, the tour is going to float it until they find another sucker company to take up a meaningless sponsorship that is the same thing as the FedEx Cup. There we go. Friday at the U.S. Open. We had to get a little Wyndham Rewards chat. And anything else? You good? Who, what do you? Who's leading tomorrow? Um, Xander, right? Xander Shoffley. Who's leading for you? Harris English. God, he played good. Might really be the good. best player in the world. He's been <laughs> playing kidding. well. I know. I know. Who's leading for you? I. Uh... Here's the thing. As like the the board, nobody really scares me on the board. No, I I really think like if Bryson's I'm JT, gonna... if I'm JT oh. Bryson or Reed, I'm looking at the board like, oh yeah, this is good, you know, right? Because like I don't see Ra- Rafa Cabrera Bayo has won no. like two tournaments in his life. He's a great not player. Playing. He's consistent yeah. and he's a really good major player, but he's not gonna do it. You know, yeah, Hideki's yeah. not gonna do it. Yeah, he's not been playing, not been playing well. I, I think you have Rom Webb lurking outside. Rom Webb, uh, if you want to go even a little farther, DJ and Rory. But you know, Rom's those are the probably the scariest. Right, right, right. I I really, really think Bryson is gonna tumble big, big time. You think everything's gonna catch up to him? What do you think is going to happen? I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to blow up early in the round. I just, I think, yeah, I think he's going to. I'm not saying I want him to at all. But I, I don't have a lot of confidence in him being there. Um, so that's of those three: Reed, Bryson, and JT. You think Bryson's going to tumble? I, I think he'll be outside the top ten come Sunday. So. I think. I'd be scared. I think JT. I think we're gonna have a JT Reed final pairing, okay. and right. I, I would be one that I think could really move up. Matthew Wolf. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. He seems right. like he really likes these big moments. I agree. I agree. His 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 shot from after short side himself at one not great. Not great from the rough, but you know, he's learning to figure it out. He's in the freaking top 10 in his first U.S. Open and one at Waynefoot. So, all right, that's it. We're going longer than we anticipated. We'll be back Saturday, daily, daily podcast. Set it up. Maybe we'll bring in Hurricane Shane. We got to yeah. get with him. I think he might join us tomorrow. He, he's over, he's on the ground. Maybe we'll, he'll provide intel. Talk to us about, you know, firmness and what he's been doing out there. Make sure everything's. You know, everybody's staying in line. So, all right. Enjoy your Friday evenings. Enjoy your Saturday mornings. And we'll be back Saturday night.